This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online. Glad you can be with us tonight. Praise God. Hope you got a Bible there someplace and you can get in and come join us. This is, you know, you got to get under the spot where the glory comes out. Amen. Praise God. Y'all glad to be here this evening? Yes. Y'all had a good week so far? Yes. Hallelujah. Y'all realize the devil's defeated and Jesus is Lord. Yes. Glory to God. Y'all know that he's going to get to have the final say-so, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Praise God. And so we can be thankful for that. I tell you what, I, I wouldn't want to live in this world without knowing Jesus. You think about that. I mean, there are a lot of folk, they don't even have a clue about him. And so they find themselves in a, well, kind of a different kind of place. Amen. Y'all bring a Bible with you tonight? Boy, this is a tough group, I can tell. What did you guys have for supper? Pasta or what? You, nothing. nothing. Jerry, neither did I. But you know, my wife, she found somebody and they went and had uh, Mexican nice. without me. Right. Yeah. Don't you worry, I'll catch up. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if you brought a Bible, I'd like to invite you to open it to James chapter 1. First chapter of the book of James. Glory to God. I, uh, <clears throat> well, let's, let's put it this way. How many of you want to receive something from heaven tonight? Yeah. All right, so you got to get your receiver turned on. Amen? You know, if you want to listen to the radio, you got to turn it on. So we're going we're gonna to switch, turn the switch of faith in our hearts on tonight, and we're going to get something. And it's going to give us peace, and it's going to give us joy. Hallelujah. And it's going to bless us. Praise God. Why? Because of our Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, He said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Now, you know, I don't think that He meant to imply that we were to rehearse. I, I don't mind that, okay? I'm not throwing rocks at that or anything. But there are really principles of prayer in the Lord's Prayer that I believe that He wanted us to get. So when it says, Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, it's the principle of worship to recognize him for who he is in our lives. Are you with me? And then I could go in and talk about a bunch of other stuff, you know, as far as that prayer is concerned. But I, I think it's important for us to understand that our God reigns. Your God reigns. Hallelujah. And, you know, so, so we can stand in confidence. You know, one of the prophets of old said that in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you have to have confidence in God. And so that's really what I want to kind of try to talk to you a little bit about tonight. Actually, it's, it's more about how to receive from God. Because there's a whole lot of folk that are missing out on the blessing of God because of what they don't know. And, and I could say it this way, a lot of times we're waiting for God to do something and He's waiting on us. The reality is, is that He's already accomplished much. And what He wants you and I as His children to do is walk in the light of it. Hallelujah. So we'll talk about that tonight and we'll get after it and see how we do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this portion of time that we have together. And God, may it be fruitful in each and every one of our lives. May it be productive for all of us. I thank you, Lord, for your blessing on the Word of God, that as it goes forth, 
as it is alive and powerful, that it will prosper in the thing where you send it. And so we just thank you for your grace and blessing tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice with me in James chapter 1, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus told us in verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. For let not that man or woman think that he or she shall receive. Everybody say the word receive. receive. Don't let that man or woman think that they will receive anything from the Lord. Now, you know as well as I do that everything that you and I receive from God, we receive by faith. That's what initiates the transaction for change within our lives. It's what causes transformation to take place in the life of a person, this thing called faith. Now, you'll notice in these scriptures here, I think this is so wonderful, because when... when uh, when James is writing here, he asks the simple question, if any of you lack in wisdom, let him ask, everybody say ask, ask of God. Now notice he says, that gives to all men, how does he give? Liberally, generously, abundantly. You know, how many of you know God is a big giver? Yes. And he gives to all men. Now, why do I bring that up? Because a lot of people have the mistaken idea, you know, that maybe because of a failing in their life or this or that happened, you know, or whatever, they feel poorly and they're disappointed in their own performance of things that God somehow, because of that, isn't going to answer their prayer. Or, you know, they're, they're at an impasse in their relationship with God. And the fact of the matter, nothing could be further from the truth. He said, if any of you lack in wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men in a generous kind of way. And then he goes on then to say that not only does he give generously, but notice in the King James it says, and he upbraideth not. So what does that mean? Does anybody know what that means? Your Bible says something different than upbraideth? You know, upbraideth is kind of a weird word. Huh? In other words, he doesn't find fault. He doesn't say, okay, I know you're asking, but let me, let me check here. Eh, no, uh, no, uh, no, just forget it. He doesn't do that. In other words, what I might say to you this evening is, is that, you know, he, he, he gives without any kind of double standard. You know, he's not checking up about your whatever. He hears your prayer. He wants to answer it. And not only that, but he gives it the wisdom without reservation. God, the Bible says no good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. Isn't that right? So, you know, in other words, there, I, I guess the point I want to make here is, is that God is not standing in judgment of you. Read it again. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and does not judge them. Okay? Are you with me? Why is that important? Because if you don't have confidence toward God in your prayer life and what it is that you need or asking for, in this case, wisdom, 
then nothing's going to happen. You're going to end up being qualified like the rest of it, but let him ask in faith. And you can't have faith when you don't have confidence. Can you say amen? You know, the devil's a liar, pants on fire. And he uses condemnation more than anything else to keep people from having their prayers answered. So praise God, we need to put that under our feet. Amen? We need to make sure, glory to God, that he's not the one that's driving the train. But he said, let him ask in uh, faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. For let not that man, now that's interesting to me, driven with the wind and toss. You remember a guy by the name of Peter that was walking on the water? Huh? And when he saw the winds boisterous, he got to looking around. What happened? He began to doubt. And when it was all over with, Jesus rescued him and he said, why did you doubt? Well, of course, we know the reason that he did is because everything was going on around him. Okay, it's legit. Not that many people have been walking on the water lately. So we might as well give him a little credit there, but he started to sink because of this thing called doubt. So when James is writing here, he said that he that wavers is like a, a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss, for let not that man think or imagine that he'll receive anything from the Lord. Now that is not to say that God doesn't want to answer your prayer, but he needs your faith. He needs you to have confidence in what it is that he has promised. And he said, if you need wisdom, baby, I'll give it to you. And I'll offload it in a wonderful, magnificent kind of way. Can you say amen? So we receive everything by faith. Salvation. When we got saved, how many saved people do I have here tonight? When you gave your heart to the Lord, how did that happen? You received salvation by faith. Isn't that right? In other words, nothing really changed per se. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So somehow someone pitched you the gospel. Are you with me? And through that, faith came as a result of your having heard. So when you hear something from God, um, you know, when I say that, from his word uh, or his promises, listen, the potential comes for faith to be born in your heart and produce a biblical result. Let me say it to you again. In other words, when we hear something, when we hear a promise, when we hear what the Bible says about this, that, or the other, then the potential comes for faith to be born within our hearts and produce a biblical result. Remember in, uh, I believe it's Acts chapter 14 when Paul was preaching, The Bible said the same heard Paul preach. What was he preaching? He was preaching the gospel. And there was a man there, the Bible says, that Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. But let me ask you a question. Even though Paul perceived he had faith to be healed, was he healed? No, he wasn't. Even though faith was there, the potential for him to get up off of the floor you know, was there, and Paul perceived that, and he spoke to the man. He said, stand upright on thy feet. And the guy got up and began to walk. Why? Because Paul, again, perceived that through what he said to the man, faith had come, 
It's like the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she made an effort, praise God, and she received her need met. Well, the same thing's true with you and I, dear brother and sister. Glory to God. You know, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to be full of anxiety. Not another day in your life. But you can be full of peace. You can have joy. Hallelujah. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I believe his word. So our part is to believe what is being said or promised and then to act on that. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, you got to call. Now, my brother, I use him as an example before, but he was into the whole fate thing, you know. Maybe it's the will of God, maybe it's not. If God wants to save me, he will. If he doesn't, he won't. Well, I just told him, I said, dude, you're in a world of hurt right now because you're going to hell. He, didn't, he had to come to the place of recognizing that salvation is something that is being offered to you, and there's something you have to do in order to receive it. You'll hear people say all the time, I have received Christ. Well, you've done that on the basis that you come to know that you needed to repent, acknowledge your need for a Savior, recognize yourself as a sinner, and ask Him to, or ask him to save you, which is what you did. Okay? And by golly, guess what? He showed up. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad for that? Amen. He watches over his word to perform it. Glory to God. So again, it's our part to believe what's been said or promised and then act on or again receive what has been promised by faith or through faith. We could say it that way. You know, let's, let's use an example. Let's talk about you. Uh, somebody hires you. You take a job. You sit down with the individual and they say, listen, this is what we need for you to do and looks like you're qualified and so you can probably do this and so this is what we'd like to do. We've got a compensation package for you and every two weeks on the 15th and 31st, we'll pay you X amount of dollars and then we'll also do this and that and the whatever. And so you say, okay, I'm in and you start to work but you don't have any, any evidence of the money presently. You're actually going to believe that this, you're going to work for two weeks. What? With the understanding or the confidence that on the 15th, the guy is going to cut you a check, right? So that's what you're believing as far as this individual is concerned. And you're taking the word of what he, you know, this guy and what it is that he said, and you say, okay, I'm going to do it. So you act on what it is that you have heard or believed, okay? So when we read the scriptures, you know, for example, I don't know if uh, you can throw this up there, Exodus chapter 15. Look at this verse of scripture with me. This is what God said to the nation of Israel. Um, 1526, he said, now how many of you believe that God told the truth? Okay, so in verse 26, he says this, if you will, if, that's conditional, right? But if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God 
and do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put or allow none of these diseases to be brought upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians, because I am the Lord that heals you. Hallelujah. So that's a promise, isn't it? He said, if you'll do this, I'll do this. Look at the uh, 23rd chapter of Exodus chapter, well, you can look up there probably. Notice this, in verse 25, this is 23, 25. And you shall serve the Lord your God. How many of you know it pays to serve God? Oh, how it pays, hallelujah. So he said, you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless, everybody say bless. He'll bless your bread and water, glory to God. And then he also goes on to say, and I will take sickness from the midst of thee. Glory to God. There shall nothing cast or young or be barren in the land and the number of your days I will fulfill. He said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Hallelujah. Those are God's promises. But guess what? You got to believe that what it is that he said is true. And of course, you know, you have to obey God, and we'll get to that a little bit further along as we go along. But many people make the mistake of thinking or wanting to wait for God to send them something. Oh, we're just, you know, we're just waiting on God, you know. Well, sometimes we need to realize that the provision's already been made, and there's something we need to do. We're really good about sitting around waiting for somebody else to do stuff for us. Can you say amen? And so you have to take the initiative, praise God, when you find out what the Bible has to say to get after it. So the need for the believer is to receive what has been promised and then act like it's yours. Or that, it, you know, for example, let's, let's look at this verse of Scripture. This will help you. Turn over to uh, Philippians chapter, uh, uh, yeah, you just go there and I'll get there too. Okay. Philippians, uh, <clears throat> yeah, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We live in a world that's unraveling. I mean, there's all kinds of junk going on. I mean, people are just going stupid left and right. But just because everybody else goes stupid, that doesn't mean you have to. Huh? And it also means that you don't have to worry or be anxious about all these things that are going on. Why? Because he said he would take a father's place and he'll take care of you. Amen. But if I, if I doubt that and I all of a sudden allow anxiety, worry, and care and all these things to just overwhelm me and, you know, I'm always talking about my God, this, that, or the other, well, then, then there's no faith in that. There's no confidence in that. There's nothing really, even though God stands ready to help you and to assist you, as long as you're in that place, there's not much he can do. But notice this verse of Scripture. You're familiar with it. Philippians 4 and 6. What does it say? King James says, be careful for what? Nothing. Nothing. The Amplified says, never be anxious about anything. You say, well, you know, Pastor, that's just, that's just not possible. Well, I didn't say this. I didn't make it up, but it is in the Bible. Okay? So, I don't believe that God would ever ask us to do something we were incapable of doing. Now, you do have to put a guard you know, you got to guard your heart with all diligence, huh? You got to put a watch on things. You can't be watching a bunch of junk, listening to the wrong people, all those different kinds of things, because pretty soon you're going to be like Peter and you're going to be knee deep in water that you don't want to be in. 
So he said, be careful for nothing. Never, ever be anxious about anything. But in everything, hallelujah. Notice what it says. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Everybody say thanksgiving. See, I can tell you this much about it. You know, you go into a store or something like that, and you've got a need in your life, and, and let's say that it's something rare uh, that you're looking for that you need. It's a part that needs to be replaced or it's something, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for. And the guy goes, wait a minute, uh, just hang on, I'll be right back. And he goes back in a stick someplace in a, in a room somewhere. He gets up on a shelf, and he finds this thing, and he brings it back out. He says, I just happen to have one. Well, you know, when that happens, you go, Hallelujah. Well, I don't know if you go hallelujah, but you're happy, huh? And what do you do? You say, thank you. In other words, you're grateful that he has met the need. So when we pray with confidence, and the Bible tells us that we don't have to be anxious about anything, but through prayer and supplication, with, what is it? With what? And a whole, there's a whole lot of not enough thanksgiving going on, huh? Because if your need is met, and we're talking about believing that what he said is true, if your need is met by faith based upon his promise, there will be thanksgiving. There won't be, you know, God, I've been waiting for like ever here, and I don't see anything happening, so I'm kind of wondering if you're any good at what you do, and if your word has any meaning whatsoever. Well, guess what? You're going to go without. Figure out another way, because you're on your own. Huh? No, he said, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The only reason you would thank him is because you believe that he's going to do what he said. Isn't that right? In other words, because you can have confidence, you can say, oh, Father, I just want to thank you. Glory to God. You're so good. And that the need is met in Jesus' name. Okay? So again, it says here, <clears throat> it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then it goes on then to say, and the peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm telling you what, God's peace is amazing. It does go beyond. It does surpass human. You can be at peace in the middle of a storm and all hell is breaking loose and everybody's coming unglued and you're standing there going, Father, I'm just so grateful. Praise God. You've got this. Huh? But it takes faith. You know, we're good at prayer, you know, but let's not forget about the never be anxious about anything. Huh? That's our part, right? And you have to do that by faith. Amen. And, and the reason I bring that up is, is because we're, when we're in those moments, we've got a financial need or we have a health issue or, you know, there's something else that's going on in our lives, you know, you have to resist the temptation to be filled with care, worry, and anxiety. And the way that you do it is you remind yourself and your heavenly Father of his goodness and mercy, and then you thank him. Glory to God. The devil hates people that thank God. You know, I mean, when people begin to magnify the name of Jesus and lift up his name and, and verbally, vocally communicate with their father, you know, about his goodness, mercy, his promises he's made, the devil leaves. Huh? And so that's what we need to do. Amen. 
Like I said, there's, there's not nearly enough of it going on, so people have problems. But the be- believer needs to realize, how many of you doing all right? Yeah. I haven't taken a breath here for a while, so I thought maybe I better just ask you. The believer needs to realize that everything you need has been provided for you in redemption. When Jesus went to that cross and he said, it's finished, man, dude, he unlocked the door for the blessing of God to come upon us as believers. And the way it becomes ours is through this thing called faith. I say this all the time. I can only speak for myself. But you know, there's so much I didn't know about God. When I got saved, I still didn't know very much. But I began to learn. And I knew that he had a plan for my life. And I knew, praise God, that he didn't want to harm me, that he loved me, he had a plan, he had a future, and that he wanted to prosper me. I never knew any of that. But baby, I tell you what, when I heard it, I said, I'm in. Are you with me? And you know, there were naysayers, all kind of, well, no, that's not what the Bible means, you know what I mean? You know, and then they get off on all this weird religious kind of junk, you know. And not to mention the fact, sometimes there's stuff you got to unlearn. You know, you thought this and that and the other, and nothing could be further from the truth, the Word of God. So you got to get your mind renewed to the Word and start believing what's true and not, instead of what isn't. But when we receive, everybody say receive. When we receive what it is that God has promised, then we see the manifestation of that promise within our lives. I, I made reference to the thing about salvation. How'd you get saved? Let's just go back, you know, for a moment, and let's think about that. How'd you get saved? Well, I would venture to say that all of you at some point heard from some, in some form, the gospel, that Jesus came so that you could have life and life more abundant, right? Okay, and as a result of your receiving and believing what it is that you heard, you made a decision to become a follower of his and to repent. Would that be accurate, a good description? So let me ask you this question tonight. Can you see salvation? No, you can't see salvation in and of itself, but you can see the result of it. Huh? When I got saved, baby, my life changed. If somebody says, listen, well, you know, well, I believe in Jesus, but there ain't nothing going on in their life, dude. We got a problem. Are you with me? Huh? Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. So you can't necessarily see it, but you can see the result of it, that all of a sudden things change. And so the main point that I want to make in this part of the service is just simply to say that you have to receive. You had to receive what it is that Christ was offering. He said, if you will repent, if you will call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. And you said, I believe that, huh? And so as a result, everything changed. So you have to receive what's offered and then you have to receive Christ as as you did. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you believe the gospel the first time you heard it? Probably none of you. And the reason being is, Statistically, the average is that people have to hear the gospel eight times before they get saved. I'd heard it. People told me, you know, you need to give your heart to the Lord. And on the inside, I may have said, yep, you're right. I know that, but I ain't ready to do that. You know, and you go down through all this kind of mess, you know, because of being stupid and not knowing any better. But the more you hear, 
Huh? What's happening? Faith is coming. Now, you can reject it if you want to. Lots of people have. But, uh, but, uh, but, but the reality is, is that if you hear enough of the truth, the truth will make you free. It'll set you free. And thank God I heard enough of it to get saved. I was going to a Bible study for three weeks in a row, and it was, you know, Bill Bright stuff, Campus Crusade for Christ, and, you know, they do this, and they do this, and they do this. It took me three weeks. I mean, if I had just heard the whole thing, I probably could have picked things up a little quicker. Are you with me? But I got enough of the word, everybody say the word, I got enough of the word on the inside of me for faith to come and for me to realize I need him. And the only way this is going to happen is if I will surrender my heart to him, my soul, my everything, give him my life, and he will save me. And that's exactly what happened. Are you with me? But I had to receive that in order for it to become a reality in my life. So, you know, you say, well, what's that all about? Well, first of all, there's human reasoning. You got to wade through that mess. There's religion. No, no, you don't have to do that. If you get baptized as a baby, you know, and you know, we run you through a, a confirmation class, you're good. Well, you know what? You're not good because that's not, there's none of that in the scriptures. Now, the Bible teaches, you know, water baptism, but let's understand this. You know, water baptism doesn't save you. Saved people get baptized in water. Are you with me? But you get the cart in front of the horse, and you can deceive a lot of people into thinking that everything's okay, and it isn't. Am I in the right house? Okay. So we got to stick with the Bible or stay with the Word of God if we're going to do that. But again, human reasoning. You got to work through that. And then there's the devil. I mean, he's doing everything to keep you out of the kingdom of God that he can do. But once you find out the truth, baby, hallelujah, the truth will make you free. Amen. I tell you, I could, we could sit here all night long and talk about different things the devil twists and distorts and the subtleties of Satan and how he just takes the truth and turns it about 90 degrees and then all of a sudden, you know, things ain't working right. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, you just stay in the Word of God. You 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 stay in the Word of God and all of a sudden, bam, the light bulb comes on and his day is over. Can you say amen? That's why we try to push everybody into the Bible, push them into the Word. You know, to meditate in the Word. He told Joshua, if you'll meditate day and night, praise God, then to observe to do what's written therein, you'll make your way, pro- you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. That's what I want. How many of you want that? Hallelujah. Well, that's the way it happens. Just get in the Word, get in the book, let the book get in you and it'll change your life forever. Hallelujah. So, so there's human reasoning, there's the devil, and then let's not forget your flesh. You little flesh creature, you. Your body, it's got some desires, and they're not always in sync with what God wants to do. Can you say amen? That's why we're to crucify our flesh. And what do you mean by that? Tell it no. Huh? Just say no, we ain't doing that. Huh? Why? Because we're going to glorify God. So, so here, here's what happens. You know, eventually, things, you know, the truth becomes settled. You know how the scriptures tell us, you know, about being steadfast, unmovable, settled? That's what God, what, what's he mean by that? He wants you to be settled in the truth. You know, so that when the devil lies to you, you say, no, nah, I don't believe that. I ain't going with that. That's from hell, you know? 
Are you with me? So these are, it's a place where God wants all of us to be in. I use the example of salvation, but you know, when you believe the word of God and you receive him, transformation comes, change comes. God invades your being. He takes up residence there. And hallelujah, lots of great things happen. You know, people say, well, that's my problem. You know, I'm not receiving what God's promised. <laughs> he said it, but you know. Well, I'd like to suggest to you that if you're not receiving, are you ready for this? If you're not receiving, it's typically, typically a word problem, a deficiency where the word is concerned. Go back. You say, well, I've been back. Go back, go back, go back. There's something that, you, you know, that, that you're not seeing. Holy Ghost, help me understand. Where am I missing it here? So that you can enjoy what it is that God has promised where your life is concerned. Hallelujah. Amen. Look with me at uh, Mark chapter 11, verse uh, uh, 22. Mark, something Jesus said about the subject we're talking about. We're talking about how to receive from God. Now notice what it says here. Mark 11. Y'all glad you came tonight? Okay, look at this with me. Notice what it says. Um, This is the incident of uh, him cursing the fig tree and Peter calling to remembrance and saying, hey man, the thing's dead. In verse 22, Jesus said to them, have faith in who? Have faith in who? Okay. Have faith in God. In other words, have the God kind of faith. God wants you to have faith. Amen. And everybody say it together. I have faith. You know, the Bible says that, the, that, that you have been dealt the measure or a measure of faith. So you got faith, all right? Now, the devil will lie to you and say, no, you don't, because if you did, and then he goes down through this laundry list. Well, you just need to tell him to shut up in the name of Jesus. Amen. So uh, Jesus told these disciples to have faith in God for or because verily or truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. When Jesus spoke to that tree and said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, dude, he believed it, huh? That which he had spoken, and that tree died. 24 hours, it was over. Actually, it was at the moment he spoke it, it was over. So, so it's a teachable moment that Jesus is saying that your words have power. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. You know, but if you're always talking doubt and unbelief and worry and anxiety and fear and all these other kinds of things, you say, but I can't help it. Yes, you can. You can. I, I know, you know, it's not easy, but you can, you can change your conversation. You can change what it is. You have to put a watch over your lips. Are you with me? My wife and I, man, I mean, if, we, if something comes out of our mouth that ain't right, we just, we get on it. Say, oh, no, 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 You know, huh? We help each other so that we'll say the right things because we live in this world. We, <laughs> it's kind of a cesspool, you know? And so, you know, it's everywhere. And so what you're doing is you're, you're, you're swimming up 
stream and everybody else is going the other direction. Are you with me? But you can do it. Praise God. And you can do it with joy. Hallelujah. You can have victory. Glory to God. So again, he says here, whosoever shall say shall not doubt, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. So it is conditional. In other words, you got to believe that what you say will come to pass in order for it to come to pass. Hallelujah. You know, there's uh, Sunday after Sunday at the conclusion of the services many, many times. I'll tell you the best is yet to come. Huh? Why? Because I believe that. I believe the very best is yet to come in all of us. God's not through with you. He's not through with me. He's not through with us. He's not through with the church. The very best is yet to come. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I believe that the believer's future is bright. Amen. Hallelujah. So now notice what he then goes on to say in verse 24. After having said all that, he says, therefore, based on what I just got to tell you, Therefore, I say to you, listen, what things soever, that's pretty wide open, what things soever you desire when you pray, what's the next word? What is it? Believe. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe what? That you have what? Received. Received them and you shall have them you say but how can I believe something that I can't see how can I believe something that isn't there because he just told you that when you pray believe that you receive it and you'll have and that's the biggest problem in a lot of people's lives is they don't believe that they receive what it is that he's promised They're going, well, you know, I'm just waiting on God. You know, I wish he'd send it to me. And the reality is, is he asked you when you prayed to believe at that time that you've received it. So what would you do? Your consequence would be simple. You'd just say, Father, I'm so glad that when I asked you about that, that you said you'd bring it to pass. I'm so thankful, Father, for what it is that you have promised and provided, and I believe that I have it. Praise God. Not on the basis of what I can see, but on the basis of what you have promised. Are you with me? Now, a lot of folk will think you're nuts, but I tell you what, it's a great way to be nuts. Are you listening to me? Thank you, Lord. So how does that come? It comes as a result of you and I finding the promise that's in God's word and saying, Father, you said in your word that I don't have to be careful about anything. So praise God as an act of my will, I'm choosing not to be careful, anxious, worried about nothing. I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord, but here I am and I'm asking you to help me. Amen. It might be a marriage situation. It may be a child situation. It might be whatever it is. But I'm telling you what, worry, care, and anxiety is not going to help you get where you want to go. But faith in God will. Amen. And that moves the hand of God. Hallelujah. And it brings blessing into your life. Can you say amen? So the... Let's see. Got to keep going here. Um, Here's another matter to deal with when it comes to receiving from God. Guess what? You have to qualify. Some people don't qualify. You know, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19, you know what that says? It says that if you're willing and obedient, everybody say, ouch. Yeah. If you're willing and you're obedient, then what's going to happen? You're going to what? Eat the what? 
the good of the land. How many want to eat the good of the land? Well, it's conditional. You have to be willing and obedient. And a lot of folk aren't. I'm just telling you, they got other things that are in front of God. They got their own priorities. They got all their stuff. Their life is, you know, I mean, your life isn't your own. Are you with me? So praise God, he's the one that has to be in charge. Look at this verse of Scripture. Turn to 1 John, 1 John chapter 3. This is the first epistle of John. Hurry up, I got to, I got, I don't, yeah, hurry. 1 John chapter 3. Notice this Scripture right here. In verse 20, 20, notice what it says. For if our heart condemn us, if our heart condemn us. God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. But beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have what? Confidence toward God. See, you know when you do wrong. Do do you know when you do wrong? We know when we do wrong. What do we need to do? We need to repent. Huh? What's that mean? That means turn and go the other direction. Right. See, when our heart condemns us, God's greater in our heart and he knows everything. But by my, my, my word, you guys, when our heart doesn't condemn us, then we have confidence toward God. And then he goes on in verse 22 and says, and whatever you ask, you receive of him because we again keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now look at this verse of scripture, chapter five, the first uh, of the same letter, First uh, John chapter five. And this is the confidence that we have in him. Everybody say confidence. This is the confidence that you can have in him. That if you ask anything according to his will, what's he do? He what? He hears you. So is it the will of God for you to be full of joy and peace? Absolutely. Is it the will of God for your kids or your family or your spouse or whatever, you know, uh, to live for God? Absolutely. So this is the confidence that we can have in him. Is it his will for your needs to be met? Absolutely. You know, uh, beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and get broker as you go down the road of life. No. He said, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. So, so um, um, this is the confidence we can have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we what? Know, everybody say no. We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Woo, glory to God, I'm telling you. That's enough to get a guy going. Hallelujah. He'll praise God in the next week, knowing the reality of that. This is the confidence we have, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know. We know. We don't think about it. We're not wondering. We know, we know, we know. That's what faith is. It's having confidence in what God's promised, and we're not moving. So we're thanking God. We're rejoicing in the answer. We thank you, Lord God, you're going to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. That the will of God is going to be manifested in my life. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you with me? I cannot be defeated, and I am not going to quit. Glory to God. All right. Anyway. So... Here's the thing. I said you got to qualify. All right. You know what the deal is there. You got to obey God, right? 
So I understand, you know, Christ has qualified us because of his grace, but then we have to live in obedience. Glory to God. And then, and then people will do this. Well, you know, I, I, that's my problem. I must be doing something wrong. And the devil beats you to pieces. Dude, if you don't know what you've done wrong, then forget it. Huh? If, if there's something in your heart that you know is not right, make it right. And then you're on solid ground before the Lord and he, he can begin to move in your life. Are you listening to me? But so often people, you know, the devil will hold people in this <clears throat> no man's land in their minds that, you know, mu- I must have done something wrong, you know. I must have, you know, committed the unpardonable sin. You know, that's gone on before. You're not saved. I mean, dear God, you made a mistake. You know, you missed it. You know, so... There's all kinds of lies he gives us. You still glad you came? Okay, I'm trying to close, but I still got three minutes, so stay with me. Hallelujah. You know, so, so here's the thing. You know, I know, we know, on the inside when something's wrong. You with me? Don't you know that? It's not some kind of guessing game. So don't let the devil get you over into the realm of human reasoning and say, well, you must have done something wrong. We don't know what it is, but surely it's something wrong. Why? Because, you know, nothing's happening, you know. Well, that, there's no confidence there. There's no faith in that. Are you with me? So well, let's just, you know, cover all the bases, praise God. And like I said, if you don't know what it is, forget it. It's not God. That's not God talking to you anyway, you know. As believers, we have to walk in the light of the Word, What's that mean? That means the Bible tells us to walk in love, to love as Jesus loved, right? So that's something we got to do. We're talking about being qualified to get this, to treat people right. You know, if you get all ugly and, you know, and, and get yourself all jazzed up, knotted up, and you say things you shouldn't say, then, dude, you're in the wrong. And you need to repent and get yourself back where it belongs. Are you with me? Okay, treating people right, being honest, telling the truth. No, no little gray lies or white lies or any lies. That's all over. Huh? Speaking the truth in love. So when we don't walk in the light of the word, it shortcuts or short, short, I should say short circuits our faith because we can't have confidence toward God. Is that making sense to you? But I tell you what, praise God, we're, when we're where we need to be and we make things right, we repent, and we start obeying God, then we're on good ground. Can you say Amen. Now, to really, you know, finish this off, I'm, I'm finishing it off. I still got two minutes. I'm talking fast. Doubt and unbelief is the thief of God's greater blessing in your life. Doubt and unbelief. It's an amazing thing to me. I mean, I've read it, I don't know how many times, about Elijah. And, and <laughs> you know... He gets up big and bad and bold and full of faith, and he said, how long are you going to halt between two positions? Either let God be God or let Baal be God. And he calls all these 450 prophets of Baal out there, you know, and he said, I'll tell you what, whoever's God answers by fire, let's let him be God. And so the 450, they do their whole menagerie and all this stuff. And guess what? Nothing gets answered. And then, you know, I I just think, you know, it's almost in a mocking kind of way, you know, where, you know, Elijah gets this big old pile of stuff, says, pour some water on there, dig a trench around it, you know, and and they get done. He says, pour some more on there, pour, you know, I mean, 
I mean, just, you know, he's strutting his stuff. And, you know, he says, one more time, come on, just, you know, get some more water, pour it on there. So, so the whole trench, everything around it, soaking wet and everything. And then he calls on the Lord and God comes down in a fire and consumes the whole thing. Okay? So they go about to take the lives of all of these false prophets and kind of cleans house. And when Jezebel, you know, finds out about it, she said, uh, I'm going to have your head by nightfall. Now, here's a guy who just got done with this incredible thing, man. You know, and why all of a sudden this woman makes this declaration, and now he's running, but it's not under the power of God. It's in his own power. And he goes out and he has a pity party. I'm talking about how doubt and unbelief can steal the blessing of God in your life. And you would have thought, come on, man, look what just happened here. But you know, faith is never a static thing. You might have had faith for something back then. You've got to have faith for today, right now, for what it is that's going on. Are you with me? Same God, same power, same strength, but you've got to have faith. So he runs off and he, you know, he has a pity party. The devil, I mean, misery loves company and the devil will show up too. And he'll put his, his arm around you and say, you got it so bad, you know, this isn't working and this is not working and this is not going on. And, you know, you know, the preacher, he preached all fired up the other night and it's still not changing and all this. You know, listen, do not listen to that noise. Are you with me? That's what he did. He goes and crawls up underneath the juniper tree and says, God, you might as well just kill me. I mean, he went from how long will you halt between two, you know, uh, uh, you know, opinions to just go ahead and kill me. Guy's bipolar, I think. I don't know. But God spoke to him and said, there's there's 7,000 people that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Now, this is what I want you to do. Giddy up. And that's what he did. Are you with me? But again, he's like all of us. We all have opportunities to doubt. We use Peter as an example. You know, and again, I mean, he walked on the water, dude. I mean, you can say what you want. He was on his way, and he began to sink. Well, what did Jesus say? He said, why did you doubt? Just why did you doubt? So we don't, we don't doubt. Nothing doubting. Huh? Isn't that our text? Nothing doubting. You know? Nothing doubting. Nothing doubting. Nothing doubting. Okay? Now, the same thing can happen in your life. I got an example here. You set out and you say, okay, praise God, I believe the Bible. God wants to bless me. God wants to prosper me. God wants my family this. God this, that, and whatever. You know, you're excited because it's in the Bible. But as you're going... You're not seeing any changes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And, you know, so now we're, we're kind of wondering, well, maybe God didn't mean that, or maybe he didn't say that, or evidently, you know, and then pretty soon, all of a sudden, we're in a place where we don't belong. So what do we have to do? We go back to what he promised. We go back to what he said. We rehearse, we remind, we, we fill ourselves with the promise of God. Amen. You know, when we started this church, we had a lot of opportunities to say, you know, I don't think this is going to work. 
But you know what? In our heart of hearts, we knew it would work. We hazarded all kinds of storms. You know, storms within, storms without, all of these different kinds of things. But we knew that God had put a dream in our heart to have a life-giving church that would change the world in which we live. And praise God, in 45 years, that's exactly what he's done. I'm thinking about it. They're going to dedicate a new building in uh, Harlan, Iowa. Not dedicate. They're having an open house. They've already dedicated it. But I tell you, it's a marvelous thing. 40-some-odd thousand square foot, or maybe it's just 33. I don't know. doesn't matter. It's big. It's beautiful. It's bad. It's bold. Got a big old parking lot in it, you know, and all of this. And, you know, that church came out of this one. We were just, you know, smoking and blowing, having a big time, and about 25 people were coming from Harlan, and they were a part of our bo- the body life of the church. And one day, they said... You know, we are so excited about the things of God. Hallelujah. We're going to go start a church in Harlan. Well, when you're a pastor, that is not good news. Okay? Because you're working and believing and doing everything you know to do to get some size into the church so you can actually make a difference. And now they're leaving. Not just one or two, a whole bunch of them. But little did we know and everybody else that was around us that that's what God does. He gives birth to this, and then he hatches it off and sends it over here. Then he hatches it off and sends it over here. And now here we go again, like I said, 40-some years later, and they got a beautiful church, a beautiful congregation, a beautiful pastor and his wife, and they're making a difference. Think about all the thousands of people that they have made a difference in their lives. We don't see it that way, you know, sometimes. But you know, I tell you what, every time that that would happen, my wife and I say, well, praise God for every one that we lost, we're going to get seven more. Hallelujah. In other words, we didn't allow ourselves to get discouraged because of something like that. Now, it's, it's always a bummer when somebody gets their nose out of joint and all of a sudden they disappear and you can't find them. They're vapor. They're M-I. Yeah, M-I-A. Yeah, that, you know. And, <clears throat> you know, you do what you can But, you know, there's a limit to what it is that you can do. If people say they're going to bolt, what are you going to do? Are you with me? And that happens. But but, but we didn't go crawl in a corner someplace and say, dear God, you know, we're doing everything we know to do, and here they don't want to stay and whatever. Sometimes you don't want them to stay. Yeah. You know, you're actually better off. As one minister, I didn't say this, one minister said that every once in a while, Everybody needs a good bowel movement. (laughs) You know, the thing about it is, the Bible says, (laughs) wow, Um, can two walk together except they be agreed? So if some... Somebody, you know, they can't agree, then, and we've said that. If you can find someplace else or you're getting fed the Word of God better than you are here, we insist you go. Go get, go, go, go. Absolutely. But I'm telling you what, praise God, we give our, our folks a full meal of God's living Word and what God can do in their life. Are you listening to me? Amen. And I know some folk, you know, it doesn't make any difference where they go, they will never be happy because they're cynical. And they're critical, 
and they just, you know, they can't find a home if their life depended on it. And so they're all over the place. And if they're not in a church, then they're outside of the church trying to subvert other Christians and believers with their junk. Are you with me? So if you run into some folk like that, do not listen to them. Say, well, that's not what I believe. Praise God. I believe that God's on the move. And we believe that our church is doing something significant to bring about change. Hallelujah. Think about the tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars that have flown, flown, flowed through this church all over the world to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not to mention the fact that stuff, you know, we've seen people here recently that have come to know the Lord, gotten filled with the Holy Ghost, turned on to the Word. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Are you with me? Amen. I don't know how I got off on this. You don't either? Okay. Well, it's 8.09, so it's your fault. Okay? But here's the thing, you guys. God's got some really great things in store for us. Are you with me? He's got some really great things in store for you. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. To close, Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles 20, 20. You can just write it down. When he got all the children of Judah and um, the inhabitants there of Jerusalem out onto a field where they were going to go to battle, he made this statement. Do you have that, Kathy? <coughs> I want you to read it. Believe. That's 2020. What's 21? Nope. Go back. What's 19? Oh, this is part of it. Okay. No, not 19, 20, the beginning of 20. So they arose early in the morning, they went forth to the wilderness to go, and they went forth to Yeah, that guy said, listen to me, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, listen. What's that first word right there? Believe. What is it? Believe. Say it again. Believe. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Next one. The other half. Believe his prophets, and you will what? Praise God. So, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what giant you know that needs to have its head taken from it. I don't know. But I'm telling you, God's on your side. And He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. So, let's get in the book. Let the book get in us. Let's find the promises that cover our case. And let's begin to saturate ourselves with that promise or those promises. And say, God, this is who I am. This is what you've done. This is who you are. And I believe your word, praise God, and you'll bring it to pass. Let's stand up now. Hallelujah. Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful, Father, for your promises in our lives. And God, you've made it possible for us, your children, to receive what it is that you provided. So, Father God, we believe that we receive every need met in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we thank you tonight, Father, that whatever need is represented within the sound of my voice, those may be watching online, that, Father God, there is faith for what it is that they need. And, God, you will surely bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. Repeat this prayer with me. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your promises that are always true.
and they are sure. And I believe you tonight for my needs to be met. And I thank you, Lord, for bringing it to pass within my life. God, I come against all worry and care, all anxiety. I cast it on you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your grace, for your blessing, for your goodness and your kindness toward me. Lord, I believe that I receive your peace, your joy, your contentment in my heart tonight. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, so be it. You may be seated. We're going to receive our evening offering. The ushers are coming. If you need an envelope for your giving, you can grab one out of the back of the pew. You can also text to give, give online. And again, if you're giving cash or a check and you want to be um, uh, receipted for it, grab one of those envelopes and throw it in there. And praise God, we'll see to it that that, that happens. Hallelujah. Y'all glad you came tonight? Yeah. Everybody say, I believe I receive everything that God has for me in my life. Yeah, let's, let's, let's just be believers. I mean, whoever heard of an unbelieving believer? You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's hold our offering up toward heaven. Father, in the name that's above every name, we come to honor you, Father God, with our tithes and offerings tonight. And you said that if we would sow, we'd reap. And so, Father God, we thank you for the privilege we have to honor you with the first fruits of our increase. And not only that, but to give over and above for the advancement of your kingdom. I thank you, Lord God, for vision in Pastor Brian and Rachel's heart. I thank you, Lord God, for giving them what they need in the way of strength. And not only that, Father God, but wisdom as to how to bring it about and carry it out and do the will of God in these last days. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Praise God. Rachel, would you come down here? We want to pray for you tonight. Rachel's going to Samoa. Um, <clears throat> as is, well, we think Karen's going to go? Okay. Yeah, she's planning to. So, uh, Pastor Brian and John, why don't you come on up here and we're just... All you stand up, if you would, please. And uh, how long are you going to be gone? Two weeks. Two weeks. Hallelujah. Yes, in sunny Samoa. Thank you, Jesus. You come back with a tan, we're going to be jealous. Okay. I want you to just reach your hands out toward her. We're going to send her to be a blessing to a people that you won't know this side of eternity. But praise God. God's going to do something. So let's believe together. Stretch your hands out. Father, in the name that's above every name, hallelujah. We're so thankful, Father God, for a willing heart, willing hearts, both she and Karen, to go to help, to labor, to work in a field that is ripe and needing to be harvested. And so, Father God, we lay our hands on her as we send her forth in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for your traveling mercies, your grace, Father, as they go and as they come. And not only that, but while they're there, Father, I thank you for making their lives such a blessing to the people that are there and the people around them. We thank you for strength. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you, Father, for your courage. We thank you for abilities for them to be able to accomplish that which you've sent them there for. And we just thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Yes. Go get them. 
and we'll expect a great report. All right, you're standing, and I appreciate that. Thanks so much, you guys, for coming tonight. I hope you were blessed. And um, turn, greet somebody, and you can be dismissed. We'll see you this Sunday morning, live and in color. Glory to God.